Hello, this is Nancy Ray, your host for the Rebel Haven podcast, a show designed to inspire, educate, and empower our community of entrepreneurs that think differently. For as in the words of the great and late Steve Jobs, the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. I have a dream that one day, it's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hello and welcome my fellow Rebels. This is your host, Nancy Ray. And today for our expert interview, I have Miss April Henry joining us. She is a mental health coach. And the reason I have asked April to join us is because I know this time of year, it is not uncommon for people to have a lot of the old, um, ugly experiences of anxiety or depression, any sort of mental health issues getting triggered by um, a lot of experiences with family or expectations around what the holiday should look like. And April is a badass and she's definitely a rebel. You know that just by looking at her and hearing her speak. And so I brought her on to open up this discussion. So welcome, April. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So jumping in, what led you to do this as a business? How did you become a mental health coach? Completely and utterly by accident. I hired a business coach because I had been a horse trainer almost my entire life. And I just did not know why business had not been working for me in the way that I wanted. And it became apparent very quickly, like within the first couple of weeks of this business program, that I was not just approaching business completely backwards, I was approaching life completely backwards. And I have had tendencies with depression even since I was a young child. I remember running around, playing in the woods at my grandparents' house, and every time my mom or someone else would tell me that I couldn't have, like when I grew up, life couldn't be the way I wanted it to be. That created so much inner turmoil for me. Even as a kid, I'm like, how do you know? How do you know that can't be my reality when I grow up? That I began to not trust myself from a very, very young age. And it wasn't until I started doing this deep inner work that I even realized that that was the cause of most of my depression was that I was just being completely inauthentic. I was not allowing myself to believe that my dreams could be a reality. I wasn't even, I was to the point where I could not even believe that living a normal life could be a positive reality for me because I had been diagnosed with bipolar disorder after going through a miscarriage that cost me not just my job and my house, but it honestly cost me all sense of self-respect because I found myself in a place where I was unable to work full time and it worked out for my own good because that's when I deeply started trusting myself to just go with my passion of horse training. But I was still so deeply depressed because I didn't feel, I felt that I was broken. I felt that there was something wrong with me and it was irreparable. Like medication could patch it, could make me functional, 
But I believed that deep within myself, I was flawed, that I was unworthy, that my dreams were just impossible. And honestly, I believed that I knew that whatever was on the other side of life was not suffering. And so I struggled with thoughts of suicide regularly because I did not believe I could live a normal life. And I knew what was on the other side of life was more positive than what I was living and experiencing. So when I realized that what I was living and experiencing could be positive, that was a huge change for me. And then when I realized even further, the more I did this work, even though I kept slipping back into my own beliefs, even though I kept falling backwards every time I would choose to believe positive, when I would choose to believe again, that my dreams were possible. I could feel, I could feel myself getting stronger inside little by little by little. And I had gotten to this place about a year and a half ago where I had been, before I started doing this inner work, where I'd become so untrusting that I had built this six foot fence around my tiny tiny little postage stamp of a yard. Um, I had a German shepherd and I just wanted to keep the world out because since I did not trust myself, I also did not trust anyone else. And I was scared of literally everything. I was scared of losing what little I thought I had. And on the outside, anyone would think that my life was amazing. I eventually had this, you know, 2000 square foot house. It was beautiful. I had this gorgeous family. And I was running my own first business and it looked idyllic on the outside, but I hated every part of the life that I was living. And when I was beginning to shift and change that, I realized, oh my gosh, the first step was, oh my gosh, I can live a normal life. Like I can, I can get rid of the fence. I can go outside and I can smile and people will smile back at me. Like, I don't have to be the grumpy one. Like, I began to see that life was a reflection of what I was putting out. And the second I saw that that was the truth and that was the reality, it was not that other people were untrusting and other people were, you know, disrespectful. It was that I was choosing to see it that way and it was being reflected back at me because that's what I was choosing to see and when I started choosing to see things positive, when I started choosing to see people as doing the best that they possibly can, given whatever life situation that they are in, I began to realize that everything could be completely different for me. And that is when I started getting this passion not to be a horse trainer, but to be someone who could spark that change in other people. And I've gone from this person who was literally the person you never want to encounter, who was the person who would be honking at you in traffic and cutting you off because they were angry, because they were always short on time, because they never left time for themselves. So why would they leave time for anyone else like you? To being completely the opposite of that. Now I'm the person I never thought I even could be. I only thought that my highest goal was to be normal. Now I'm the opposite of normal. I am the not just the best like version of myself. I'm this person 
that I'm like truly the kid inside of me again, where I make the choices that light me up every single day. And I experience the closest version possible of heaven on earth because I choose to believe that that is what is possible for me. And it is truly unbelievable, honestly unbelievable to go from the space of feeling completely broken, unworthy, and like I was inherently flawed, feeling inherently worthy, absolutely perfect the way I am, and knowing and trusting that everything will always turn out for my highest good. And that is the change that I hope to inspire in other people. Wow. April, so are you telling me that your whole life changed and you were able to heal through your mental health issues by changing your beliefs? <laughs> is that what you're yes. telling me? Yes, 100% by changing my beliefs. That's amazing. And obviously there's so many things that get to come with that, but it's so incredible to hear. And I've, I've heard this theme and I've been seeing this theme out there online about self-care and how essential that is to mental health and to just maintaining an overall ability to have energy to give to others and to have that time to give to others. So what, what do you, what's your position on self-care? On self-care, I feel it's, it's listening to yourself and being authentic to what you want at the time. So I see a lot of people thinking, okay, well, I should take a bubble bath because that's supposed to relax me. Sorry, that's not self-care at all. Self-care is I'm going to get vulnerable and instead of running from the voices in my head, I'm going to sit there and ask them curiously what it is that my mind and body need right now and then doing that. And to most people that terrifies them, first off, because they've been told not to listen to themselves. They're afraid to listen to themselves because when they've been authentic in the past, someone has poo-pooed them and said, oh, no, oh, you know, that can't be. And so they've built up this fear around listening to themselves. But really, that's where it begins is when you listen to yourself and give yourself permission. And if no one has, I'm giving you permission right now to do whatever it is that your mind and your body are asking you to do. And so for some people, that may authentically be taking a bubble bath. For some people, that may be going into an open pasture, grabbing a pile of rocks and screaming and throwing them. So um, it's giving yourself permission to do what your body and mind are telling you they need to process usually whatever emotion is coming up for you at the time. I love that so much. So I love this. So the other day, I... I, I really enjoy afternoon naps. It's just this thing. And especially when I was pregnant with my little kids, I always gave myself permission to have an afternoon nap because, I mean, come on, it wasn't just me. It was them too, right? That old story. Yeah. And when I would take my nap, I would do a meditation. And I did like hypno babies and hypnotherapy type yes. meditations. They were so great. And I loved it. And it was like this yummy time for me every day when I would go and have this 30 minute to an hour long nap. And I have found it interesting to notice the story now that I'm not pregnant. I do still enjoy naps, but I don't need one every day. And, but like, sometimes I'll take a nap and I'll think, oh, this was so yummy. This was such great self-care. I wish I did this every day. Right. But then the minute I put a restriction or even a goal of like, oh, I'm going to nap every day. Some days I go to go to nap because I'm like, oh, I should nap. <laughs> I should self-care this way. But my body 
and my emotions and my energy are craving like work. They're like, no, this project is so exciting. We're loving this so much. Go work. So when it comes to self-care, I love the way you're saying and defining this because so many people get wrapped up thinking self-care is the bubble bath. Self-care is the nap. Self-care is the walk alone by yourself. And that's not necessarily true. Sometimes self-care is for me is I want my girlfriends around me. I want to get fancy and I want to go out on the town. That's my self-care. So it's truly an art of trusting yourself and really learning how to tune in to, okay, what is my body really needing in this moment? So as a coach um, and a mentor for people with mental health, how, what is your like first just general tip about tuning into and identifying that voice? Like what, how, how do they even begin to navigate that again when they for so long have been ignoring and not listening? Usually when you've been ignoring and not listening for a long time, it's going to be a big emotion you don't want to feel. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be either like depression, anger, or sadness. Usually anger or sadness, and that's where a lot of depression stems from. And so if you're angry about something and you've been ignoring it for a long time, chances are you don't even know why you're angry anymore. You just feel all this resistance in your body, and you just need to find a place where you can be alone. And I know, especially for moms, this is very hard because we think that, you know, for some reason we think if we take time for ourselves that there are things that are not going to get done. And a lot of times that's the opposite of the truth. So finding somewhere you can be completely quiet and sitting down and listening to the stories that are coming through in your head is the first step because they're always running in the subconscious. And the more of them there are, the more likely you are to be depressed. The more stories you have going on, and especially if you start attaching yourself and judging yourself for the stories going on in your head, you're going to feel very heavy. So sit down with a pen and a paper and start writing down the stories that are coming up in your head and whichever ones feel like the most emotional trigger, that's where you need to start. Awesome. So once they've done that, so once they have all these angry stories flooding around, I mean, I could see this if, if someone doesn't know what they're doing, right? It actually having them spiral <laughs> to actually take a minute and listen. So now we have these people, our audience are, is listening in. <laughs> they identify the anger or the wound or the hurt, which can often be super intense, repressed emotion. Now what do they yeah. do as they're staring at all the shit that they've believed for so long? What do they do now? Yeah, what they do now is first realize that that is not the truth. If it's a belief that feels uncomfortable, that's not true. And especially if they've had the opportunity to write down what these beliefs are, the first thing they need to do is unattach from the belief and realize the belief is not true. It is not who they are. Your, not even, your physical body is not even the essence of who you are. It is your soul and your spirit inside of your physical body. So any judgments that you've made, like, I'm not good enough or let me take something simple that would be for like me as a mom. Let me give you an example. Like, I am a horrible person because 
my child has missed more days of school than they are supposed to for this time of the year, right? As a mom, that would be a very easy one to be like, I'm hard long, so I can't get, so I can't. If you ever say I can't, automatic, like, do not ever use that word. One of the first things I give all of my clients, free advice here, everybody, eliminate the word can't from your vocabulary. Because the second, it's one of the most disempowering words that people use almost every day. And it automatically makes you feel like a failure. So any, if you're looking at your list and any of your list says, I can't, those are good places to start. But disassociate yourself from whatever it is. So if I didn't get my child to school and my child's been absent, that's a fact but it doesn't have to mean anything about me as a person. It does not change my value as a person. No circumstance can possibly change the value of who you are. So when you take this story and you add a judgment about yourself to the story, that is absolutely where the untruth and the lie begins. So learn to divorce the fact from the judgment about yourself and realize that the judgment about yourself cannot possibly be true. And then the step after that is what is the truth? The truth is you are perfect exactly the way you are, whether you believe it or not, you are inherently worthy of everything you desire, dream, or wish, whether you believe it or not. And it's your job to find that inner child version of yourself with all those big dreams, hopes, and desires and bring him or her back out to play again. I love that. That is beautiful and well said. Another word I'd love to add to the list is should. <laughs> if you're saying I can't yes. or I should um, or I have to, that's such restrictive language and it can really start to mess with you emotionally. So I love your advice. I'm just going to recap it here. If you find yourself... Um, not knowing how to really tune in and ask your body, what do you want right now? What is it you're needing? Sometimes it's a nap, sometimes it's a walk, sometimes it's a, a, a couple hour break from the kids, whatever that is. If you're struggling to do that, then you potentially have backed up emotions you haven't addressed. So give yourself space and time to journal out what those things are. What are you frustrated about? What are you sad about? What are you angry about? And then go through and actually discount them. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, at, I'm, I'm really sad that I'm such a terrible mom. Well, is that true? Well, yeah, because I didn't send, take my kids to school this day and this day. And it's like, well, is that even true? Like, yeah, you didn't take them to school, but does that mean you're a bad mom? The fact that you care so much is evidence you are a good mom. So what you do in that moment is you actually have your own back. You actually battle the voice in your head, the, the itty bitty nitty committee. And people have talked about this for, you know, centuries, right? They'll call it, you know, the, the devil on your shoulder or uh, the monkey on your back or like demons or, or, you know, bad voices whispering. Actually, that's what I really believe is facing your fear. One of the biggest fears is... Is that voice true? And when you face that fear that's inside of you that you're a bad mom or that you, you suck or you're less lovable because you gained weight over the holidays or whatever the bullshit is, when you face it and actually it's like taking the sword of truth and slaying the dragon, slay that dragon, face it and 
believe you're worthy of setting up the time in your schedule, the space, whether it's having your spouse or sister or family member or neighbor, you know, watch the kids or, or manage other duties so you can take that time or even get up early or stay up late in the night after kids are in bed and carve out that 30 minutes to an hour to really open yourself back up to listening. What, what is going on for me? And as we do that and we slay those dragons, we're able to hear and tune in with our own inner voice more that's saying, okay, right now, what we really get to do is take a walk or go to the beach or just lock ourselves in the bathroom and do some deep breathing and drink some water, right? <laughs> Actually yeah. tuning in and listening, that's the ultimate self-care is caring enough about self to listen to self. Absolutely. And I love the way you say slaying the dragons because I really do believe that inside everyone is their own superhero. And you bring that out of when you get vulnerable and willing to listen to your fears and your insecurities and give yourself what you truly need, that is when you bring out your inner superhero. Boom. I love it so much. So that being said, April, as we wrap it up, I always love to ask the question, if you had one more thought or piece of advice for our listeners here, what would that be? Do not wait. Don't wait another day. If I had waited to work on my business another five or 10 years, I may not be alive today. Do not wait. If you are feeling depressed or even if you're not, even if you just are beating yourself up, even if you are not depressed, just don't wait. Don't wait to embark on your self-care journey or whatever it is, whatever transformation or whatever transition you feel is coming up for you next in your life. Everybody is continually going through transitions. Whatever that transition is for you, whatever your intuition is leading you towards, don't wait. Do it now. You will never regret doing it now. You will only ever regret waiting. Wow. Such powerful ways to send us off. Thank you so much, April. Remember, you heard it here first. Don't wait. It's time to just take that action and move forward. You can find April. Where can we find you, April? You can find me on Facebook at April A. Henry. Um, Instagram as well at April A. Henry. And right now, my website is AprilAHenry.com. Awesome. So April A. Henry, all over the social media platforms, I'll also tag her in this um, reporting. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Thank you, April, for being here. And as always, remember, whatever it is that you're dreaming or envisioning for your life, it is yes, absolutely possible.